This is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Oh yeah. It is Monday, the Monday edition of the bullpen here on 1027 ESPN. Woo! You know Monday. who I am and you know who he is. Patrick are, Osborne, Brandon Elkins. We are excited on a Monday. Well, we're loving being because here. Because it's Monday and who the hell cares? Week two. And I have new headphones. Well, about time. <laughs> Welcome to radio, Brandon. Thank you. Glad you could join us. It's only been 12 years. Week two of the bullpen begins, and we Today are we're here. absolutely thrilled to be with you once again. Brandon, how was your weekend, man? It was good. Yeah, yeah it was good. I, You know, I consider my weekend started on Wednesday because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that sounds weird, but uh, I got to, I had the privilege to house sit and dog sit my girlfriend's dog while she was out in a conference, and it was so enjoyable. At, I at, love her dog, Lucy. Like She's at great. her place? Yes. So it was like a vacation away from my home. Just about to say. I just stayed there, and it was me and the dog, and we had a great time. You know, dogs are my preferred company. Uh, I mean, you're speaking to someone who has a cat tattoo on his arm right in front of you. I got two cats. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I would love a dog. I don't think my uh, schedule is uh, good enough to accommodate yeah. for such a thing. Yeah, you don't want to dump it on your roommates. Exactly, yeah. and I've already, you know, already done that enough. <laughs> my cat threw up yesterday, and my roommate stepped in it, and that was an interesting moment after not being there for a week. So. Oh, that's how you make friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you go down in the annals of uh, history's cool. greatest roommates ever. No, they're great. They love her. She loves them. So oh, it's good. we're one big happy family. I bet your cat, actually. She's great. Yeah, yeah good, good, she's great. great. She loves you. Great cat. Yeah. Yeah, so, Cat talk, baby, on a Monday. <laughs> well, you know, there are, see, there are perks to being married. You know, like, we got dogs. My wife, if I'm not there. Also, my parents live right across the street. I can just dump the dogs off on them if Fair. I have to. So, yeah. you know, some perks. But I hear you. I hear you. But you did not join us today to hear us talk dogs and cats. Really? Why Although, not? I could probably fill up a whole hour with that. Absolutely. But uh, we got a lot coming your way today. A lot of baseball. Uh, a little bit of, uh, actually, well, plenty of football. Plenty of college sports. A little live golf. A uh, local billionaire's reaction to uh, the Brittany Griner sentencing Ooh. and uh, what he thinks I'll bet that's about that. Heartbreaking news. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into all of that and more, but uh, we're kicking things off today. Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, the 81 year old, uh, I mean, arguably the greatest hitter of all time in baseball. Yeah. Dismissing questions yesterday about his first appearance on the field in Philadelphia since the franchise scrapped plans in 2017 to honor him due to a woman's allegation that baseball's hit king had sex with her when she was a minor. Wow. Now, the quote here, according to what Rose told a female baseball writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, is, quote, it was 55 years ago, babe, end quote. Let me give a shout-out real quick to Alex Coffey, who was the said writer who asked him that question. She is a fantastic journalist. Mm -hmm. I've been following her for a few years now because she, uh, she's been doing sports for The Athletic for a long time before she went to the Phillies. Stellar broadcaster. Look her up. Uh, good on her for asking the right questions. Yeah, I think it's a fair question, uh, you know, especially in light of, of, you know, in recent years, the Me Too movement and things like that. Sure, I think it's an absolutely relevant question. You have a problem with him calling her babe? Uh, in that scenario, yes. Yeah. I think uh, that is reserved huh? for, uh, you know, couples and things like that. Sure. I, don't, I don't think it's appropriate to say to someone you don't know, call her babe. He's old school, though. Old yeah. school is a long time ago. Man. Yeah, well, so it was 55 years ago. Yes, it was. But I, real quick, I, and I told you this off air, I had no idea this was even a thing. They did a really good job of, of yeah, hiding did. this or, or whatever they did to keep this quiet. 
for 55 years or whatever because, damn, I had no idea this happened, and it's it's crazy. So Rose he, he declined to answer any questions in the dugout moments after a team photo in the outfield uh, meant to celebrate the Phillies' 1980 World Series championship team and other former players. Uh, the original 1980 anniversary celebration got scrapped uh, for two seasons due to COVID. Uh, but the reporter uh, later tweeted out last night uh, after the ceremony, Rose, that had asked the uh, the woman uh, if uh, that or asked her if he'd offended her and offered. Uh, I, I, you know what? I misread this until just now. He actually asked the reporter. Hmm. I completely misread this until now. Asked her if he'd offended her and offered to sign a thousand baseballs for forgiveness until ultimately <laughs> saying that he was sorry. Wow! Uh, but he blew you off think another he question. Could do a thousand baseballs in one sitting. Uh, you know what? I bet you he could. I'm sure he's done he's enough. I got a print. I'm sure he's done enough. Yeah. Prints it right on. Yeah. Probably <laughs> something like that. Print stamp. So we blew off another question from the Associated Press after the ceremony about the allegation and his comment from earlier in the day. You know, he says, uh, who cares what happened 50 years ago? Mm-hmm. Telling, uh, you know, uh, reporters you weren't even born that long ago. Yeah. Uh, and he basically shut things down. Uh, didn't really want to talk about it. And I guess that's understandable. But uh Here's, a, here's his response when asked to clarify that earlier comment from saying it was 55 years ago. I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm here for the Philly fans. I'm here for my teammates. Okay? I'm here for the Philly organization. And who cares what happened 50 years ago? You weren't even born. So you, you shouldn't be talking about it because you weren't born. And if you don't know a damn thing about it, don't talk about it. Well, Charlie Hustle still hadn't lost his abrasiveness, has he? I guess we shouldn't talk about the war because I wasn't alive during that time. Yeah, don't talk about World War II or Can't Vietnam talk about or that. Korea. That's that's great logic right there. And so, <laughs> I think a lot of the, I don't think that's going to sit well with a lot of no. people, no matter how many people I may bet love. The woman him. cares. I'm sure she 55 does. Fifty-five years I'm ago, sure all does. fifty-five years, she's well, probably cared. And here's the thing about that allegation. Uh, let's see here. The woman identified as Jane Doe in 2017 said Rose called her in 1973 when she was 14 or 15. They had Encounters, intimate mm-hmm. encounters in Cincinnati that la- he said lasted several years. Uh, she also alleged Rose met her uh, in locations outside of Ohio for for uh, intimate relations. Okay, uh, but uh, Rose acknowledged that he did have a relationship with a woman. He said it never. St- he said it started when she was 16, which is the age of consent in Ohio, and he claims they never did anything outside of the state. But keep this in mind: she was 16. Yeah, Rose was in his mid 30s, and he was married with two kids at the time. So there's that. Yeah. There's that. Uh, so after this whole thing, uh, these questions about uh, the, these allegations, he then went on the TV broadcast. He dropped a couple of uh, words that would probably get you and me fined by the words. FCC. Uh, and then uh, used as this ESPN article refers to as crude locker room terms, including when talking about announcer and fellow former, Philly, uh, former Phillies first baseman John Cruck, who was a uh, survivor of testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. So, And a survivor of a baseball thrown right at his head at an All-Star game by Randy, by Randy Johnson. Johnson. That was one of the funniest <laughs> moments. His reaction was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Heart beating and you real know, quick. He was, he was joking around, but you know he was serious. You're talking about time. an All-Star, should be if he isn't Hall of Fame court, uh, catcher, being scared of a pitch by Randy Johnson, which you know, who most you know, I would be too. I, when I was a boy, I, I, I could not stand John Crook. It was I don't know it was that mullet or what, mullet. but I it couldn't stand mullet. it. And <laughs> it really wasn't until uh, you remember in the early the, the best damn sports show ever. Yeah, yeah. When he when he was a host on that, uh, that's really when I learned that John Crook actually is kind of a likable dude. And I've been a fan of his ever since. And and I I, I mean I, I certainly think the numbers are there. I miss that show. You know that it, yeah. That was a fun show. It was a great show. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, th- this whole thing with Pete Rose, though. Yeah, I. I it... Wait, can we reverse real quick? What's that? 
I and you told me this earlier. I find it so odd. I mean, we have the for talking about curse words. We have the luxury of a dump button. We do. We have a delay. We do. You can't really hear what we're. You know, sometimes we can play tricks on you. We maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Mm-hmm. But how does baseball? How does a national broadcast not have a delay where you can't? You can't cut that out when he swore. I didn't understand that. That blows either. me away. I, I, so he he first used a he, he dropped an S bomb, and I heard this one. Sure. Right. Yeah. And I was yeah. wondering why I heard it. Who, who's who missed the who missed the delay? Right. Mm-hmm. Who didn't dump this out? And then one of the announcers in the broadcast said, "Well, we don't have a seven second delay." <laughs> Why not? Yeah, why? Do you not remember what happened with Janet Jackson, the Super Bowl, that caused everybody in broadcasting hell for years? Isn't that why we have the delay That's now? That's one of the big of reasons, yeah. So, yeah, and you're right. Crazy, there national broadcast. You're absolutely right. They should. They should. The national the- TV broadcast, if not them, the station that runs it, should have some sort of delay just in case yeah. you have Pete Rose on and he drops an S-bomb and whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we've got we've got multiple delays here in radio. You know, the producers got one. The hosts have one. Yep. Uh, there are some radio stations. I'm not sure about ours here, but there's some stations in some markets where the program director's got one in his office. So we're know? saying that TV's perfect and radio are a bunch of boneheads who mess up all the time and have need that dump button just in case. I'd argue we're far better. I would, too. We're the ones that got to create a picture in your mind, right? Exactly. We don't we don't. We don't Listen. Bring you voice. pictures and videos to tell you what you need. We just we set the scene, and you decide. I just listen to you talk, man. Who doesn't? I'll let you set the scene. Who doesn't, man? That's all You're, I need. It's a smart man right over across from me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's what's going on with Pete Rose. I'm sure this isn't the last that we're going to hear about this. This is a this is a. I, I would argue it's a bigger story than than it's it's being covered. Right I'd now. say Pete Rose is back. But Pete Rose is back, <laughs> uh, and just to, just to wrap things up, let's not forget. I mean, you know, for all his his you know, alleged faults. 17-time All-Star, 826 of his 4,256 hits he got with the Phillies between 1979 and 1983. 4,200 hits? 4,256 hits. Do you know how hard it is to get to 3,000 hits, much less 4,256? Yeah. Come on. The same argument I always make. Round bat, round ball, hitting a ball that's moving at 90 to 100 miles per hour. It's probably got to be the hardest thing in sports. The game wasn't much different back then. To now, so not really. minus a few a few tweaks, tweaks here or there, performance enhancing I mean, upgrades. That's, that's crazy. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, for that. <laughs> so staying with uh, staying with a little baseball, and I promise you, we've got more more than just baseball on tap today. But you know, we uh, the Astros Astros bats went quiet, and their one zero loss to the Guardians. Kind of a listless offense proved to be the team's downfall. Second game in a row there at Progressive Field. Fifth inning solo home run. Uh, proved to really to be the difference here as the Astros wasted a chance to claim a series victory over the Gardens with that 1-0 loss uh, Such a shame. yesterday. Well, they got Jose Altuve, <laughs> Yuri Gurriel, and Kyle Tucker. They're all out of the starting lineup. I mean, you had Altuve and Tucker come in to pinch hit, mm-hmm. but that didn't really help. Um, Just a Sunday Sunday day game yeah. lineup? Yeah. That's a big, well, that's a big that's yeah. a lot of off days for that. Um, Not like they're, you know. Losing one game against the Guardians is not going to hurt them. So. No, I mean they're they're in pretty good position. It hurts us. But. It hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they split that four game series. Uh, finished the season series against the Guardians with four three record. Uh, Houston got shut out though for just the seventh time this season and the first time by Cleveland since uh, May twentieth of twenty seventeen at Minute Maid Park. Think about that. There are fifty four games left in this season, so they've played a lot of games. Yeah, argue hundred some odd, hundred ten some odd games, and they've only been shut out seven. 
times. Yeah, it's phenomenal. When you, uh, it really is. Fun. And uh, I mean, on that note, that the power rankings are on the Astros are still number three in the power rankings. Uh, you know, from where I know they you were. love your power rankings. Well, I do, and I know you don't like them because the like Mariners have dropped to. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> They were eighth last week. How many times have I said you? Every time you brought them up, I don't, I don't follow care about power the, rankings. I know, I know, I know. How dare you? How I know. dare you? But I think they're Seattle worth. I think. I mean, I think they're worth paying attention to. You know, as we're yeah, heading no, into you know the the kind of the home stretch of the season here. By the way, Geno's good vibes day yesterday at yes, uh, at T-Mobile. Those were pretty. And that 6-3 win for, the, for your Mariners. I'm trying to get one. That was, a, that was a good game. I enjoyed that game yesterday. Uh, what they, they split the series with Anaheim, they, right? Yeah, unfortunately. And Anaheim's kind of been a thorn in you guys' side. Yeah, yeah. They're the, the one division team where they have a losing record against, ironically. But I guess we played them a bunch when they were playing very well. They, they actually had a Mike Trout and a I don't know if he's not healthy, but Shohei Otani struck out seven times in four games this weekend, so it was kind of a brutal uh, game for him as well. Yeah, well, you know what that proves? He's human. He is human. Uh, which, you know, I mean, sometimes when you look at a guy who can do both sides of, of the of, you know offense and defense, he can he can strike you out and then get up in the next at bat and, and you know, drive in a, a, a grand slam. Look, I'm just grateful he didn't pitch because that would have been real tough. I, so. think, I think the entire Mariner staff is yes, glad he didn't yes. pitch. In fact, I think anybody... Uh, who's got to go up against that guy anymore? I, I, I honestly, I'll swear, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When he first hit the scene a few years ago, I thought he was all hype. Me too. I really did. 100%. I, I'm like, you know, well, yeah, this is great. Here's a guy that can pitch and he can hit. And he That's pitched great. very well in Japan. In Japan. Very well. In Japan. Yes. Right? It's and very it's, different. Yeah. They, they're very different than here. Although Japan's fans, some of those games, like, those I, look so much I, I almost want to travel to Japan just to see a Japanese baseball game. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see Mr. Baseball with uh, t- uh, Tom Selleck? No. And he goes over there. No. Uh, okay, I've seen a little bit. It, the, not not my favorite baseball movie. Not I'm, really I'm relevant like. to the conversation either. <laughs> I just it just got me thinking because I mean they're very colorful fans over there. They've got it's almost like going it's to a see party. A, it's like yeah, it's a party. It's like uh, they chance like you're at yeah. some European soccer league. Exactly. You know? I mean it's it's a lot of fun, uh, and, and I I think that. Uh, Given the opportunity, well, given the opportunity, One I travel day, to Japan man. no matter what for for any reason. Look, maybe but, ESPN will send us. Because we're saying this now. Yeah. Put, yeah. We'll, we'll put the juju out there. Maybe so. We will gladly go to a Japanese baseball game. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to buy tickets today, and you'll have to find somebody to fill in for me by the end of the week because uh, I'm out. That doesn't seem very smart. Well, we got more on the way. Uh, a little Longhorn talk, a little NFL talk, a little Liv, Liv Golf talk. Liv has... Uh, Filed a, a motion uh, this, this today. Actually, uh, doesn't want a uh, few guys playing in the FedEx Cup. We know we got a few golf fans out there listening, so we'll we'll appease them. It's a big sports story, you know. I, I, I love I, it. I think it's I, I think it's a great story. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's I think there's a lot of petulance going on between the two leagues. Honestly, bit. they're 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 both. I think the PGA is far more childish than live golf right now in this whole thing. But I understand they've also got a, a legit argument. Both sides. Yeah. It's, so, it's a nightmare. So we'll get into that and more coming up. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. He's Brandon Elkins. I'm Patrick Osborne. And we'll be right back. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. You don't like to hear your voice, man. Yeah. I don't know if they like to hear it that much. Well... They wouldn't be tuning in if they didn't. Actually, there's a reason I got on the radio. It's probably because I like it too much. <laughs> That's fair, man. This is the bullpen here on 1027 ESPN. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, 512 Mr. likes to hear his own voice. Well, isn't that why we all got on the radio? Mm. I mean, come on. You know what? Come on. Honestly, 
I for the longest time it took me a it took me a few years to get used to hearing my own voice. Truth be told, I can't stand mine. I, I joke I around, hate but it. I, I absolutely despise. I it. don't like it at all. And I've been doing you know I I did a lot of movies growing. I made a lot of movies growing up with my friends and had to hear my voice and it didn't really bother me. It was when I started doing radio things. Mm-hmm. It's like ugh, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, thank you for listening. I'm glad you like our voices, but well, I think I, I think that's a uniform thing. <laughs> I know, yeah, you know, and, and I, it's very different. I think Although any, when I hear it now, this it is. is what I sound like. Yeah, you know, you sound great, man. Thank you. you sound great. So before we went to the break, we were talking a little. Uh, we were talking a little baseball, and uh, uh, did you did you did you see Rocco Baldelli go go absolutely? I love ape? Rocco Baldelli. I do too. He was so much fun to watch playing. He wasn't that good, but he was. He would always spark something in his team. Somehow, at least he would do that against the Mariners. Damn it! But yeah, he was he was he was a he was a fireball. That's the best way I could describe him. Yeah. Well, so he's uh, he's not really happy with uh, a, a call. They they lost to the Jays in ten innings. Yeah. And I can understand why he's not happy because I think it's a stupid rule that that cost this in the first place. So set in the scene here, umpire Marty Foster called Whit Merrifield. It was it was uh, the uh, Twins and Jays. And uh, umpire Marty Foster called Toronto's Whit Merrifield out on what would have been an inning-ending double play. All right, call was reversed by replay umpires in New York, who said catcher Gary Sanchez broke baseball's rule about blocking home plate. Trash. Now, what such point, a trash call? Uh, uh, to me, that that's that's a step toward baseball losing its collective spine when it got when it when it threw that that rule in in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, how did Baldelli react? He threw his cap. He kicked dirt on home. He screamed at a pair of umpires, but his, really he was angry. At Jordan Baker, who's the New York um, New York yeah. replay umpire, twelve hundred miles away. And look, it's an automatic. You're automatically ejected if you argue a a a, a uh, right. replay call right. from New York. You and can't they, do it. Right, and they all. tossed him out. They, it was very Lou Pinella esque of him, though. Which, I really appreciated that. Well, that's fair. You know, uh, that's uh, if, if you're going to get ejected, at least model. And it we after talked somebody about that. Like that doesn't Pinella. happen too often anymore. Not anymore. And he, you know, he checked off some of those boxes. I appreciate that. Earl Weaver, I think, was probably one of the greats when it came to flying off the handle with, with umpires. Yes. Uh, saying words that would would put Pete Rose to shame. Uh, it's a shame they don't mic umps more. I know. That's why. <laughs> I know. Guys that's like why, Earl Weaver or why they don't mic umps. Yeah. You know, if Manfred actually listened to his fans, we'd want that. Right. So, uh, the... The verdict was by New York replay umpire, uh, umpire Jordan Baker that, that Gary Sanchez violated the rule against blocking the plate, that he hadn't given Whit Merrifield the required sliding pass. Ugh. So Merrifield got ruled safe, scoring the eventual winning run in the Blue Jays' 3-2 victory, yeah. and Baldelli was ejected, uh, and the Twins grudgingly, bitterly settled for a split of this rowdy four-game series. So basically what happened here is it, things... The Twins really had, a, had had some mojo going in that moment, yeah. and this sucked all of it, mm-hmm. all of it out, and they went on to lose because basically Sanchez didn't have the ball by the time he started blocking the plate. Is that is that technically what the rule is? Yeah, you you can't you can't block the plate until you have the ball. That's correct. Okay, that's correct. You that have, honestly, for as much as I love baseball, I didn't know that that was like the actual rule. I just figured I just thought you couldn't block it completely. I thought you just had to leave a little open lane, which it looked like there was. No, in open it, lane. But see, if you leave it in open lane, then you're not blocking it. Exactly. Right? But I mean, you can leave like you know, a little point of home plate open, and that's technically a lane. Which arguably he did between his legs. Could, exactly. And so that's what confused me. And still thinking about that replay, he was out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Completely. Yeah. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, and, and, you know, the Twins rallied from a 2-0. Uh, they, were, they were down 2-0. They rallied with a run in the eighth. They had another in the ninth to score, uh, tie things up. The crowd was just going wild. Uh, and th- then they snuffed the Blue Jays' 10th inning scoring chance, if only momentarily, uh, with that dramatic play at home. Eventually over- overturned. Jays win 3-2. Uh, Baldelli? I heard he had some words about it. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very, very not happy about this at the moment. And uh, let's, uh, let's hear what he had to say about that. That play has not been called since the beginning of replay more than a couple of times. In all of baseball, the thousands and thousands of games and plays at home where the catcher actually does block the plate over and over and over again, that play has n- virtually never been called. And for someone to step in in that situation and ultimately make a decision that that was blocking the plate, that's beyond embarrassing for our game, for all the players out there on both sides of the field working their ass off for the entire game. It's completely unacceptable. I can't even believe I'm sitting here talking to you guys about this right now. It's one of the worst moments I think we've seen of guys about this right now. It's one of the worst moments I think we've seen of umpiring in any game I've ever been a part of in baseball. And I think it was pathetic what, what just played out. And I could go on and on and on about this. The, the umpires on the field have nothing to do with it. They made a play on the field, which was the right call, which every person in all of baseball, including the umpires, know is the proper call. And someone in New York decided that that was worthy of being overturned on the field. So I, you know, what sounds frustrating. I, I, I can't agree. I can't agree more with the guy. Uh, Exactly. I mean, this is a stupid rule. I, I understand why the rule is in place. Okay, I get it. You don't want your catcher hurt. But I also would argue that these are grown men making their own conscious choices to play a game. Yep. And if you're going to play catcher, you better be tough. Yeah. That's that's one of the even even if you're just sitting there catching balls for nine innings a night, your knees just that's your hard knees enough on alone, you. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But I, I, you just you got to be ready to take some hits as a catcher, or at least there, there was a time when you should have been, and they're not. I eat Pete Rose in the All Star game yeah. when he barreled down. What's his name? Who I think he was out for the rest of the year because he, of that game. Yeah, and I, I think his career kind of went down the tank. Any other that. time, I would have uh, the name. The name eludes me at the moment. But yeah, he was he was seriously hurt. Yeah, and I, so I, so again, I understand the rule, but I, I just I don't know. I also think they ought to bring back the takeout slide at second base. Getting rid of that, you know. I mean. That, those were some exciting moments, breaking up a double play like that. Guys just yeah. flipping in the air, you know, shortstops and second baseman just spinning all over because they're getting taken out by the slide. That was baseball. I still remember, uh, who was it, Jose Bautista and um, uh, what's his name for the Rangers, uh, Odor. Oh, Ro- yeah, Ronan Odor. Didn't, didn't they get in a huge battle because of a, a, a gnarly slide like o- that? Odor laid one of the one of the cleanest punches I have ever seen on I the wasn't diamond. even in – I was still in Seattle watching that live at home, oh, and was- I was up – Screaming and cheering because that those are the things that we miss. Obviously, you know, for most people, they don't want that. They don't want. I know they don't. The game, but they don't. I, know. I thoroughly enjoy it. Benches clearing brawls are my favorite. I love it. Bring them on. If we got to suspend a player because of it, so be it. 
that's what brought my team together, the Mariners, this year against the Angels, and I am all for it all around. Bring it on. People might not like it, but I mean, what's the difference? You know, if you go to a if you go to a fight and a hockey game breaks mm-hmm. out, right? And they they allow adage, that. You know, for most of the time they yeah. allow them to. Hate. So you know, what's the difference? I, I are we are is is baseball just still too stick too much of a stick in the mud? You I don't know? know. Old school baseball, you kind of got away with stuff like this. Yeah, it was a lot more acceptable too to yeah. you know throw at a guy back. You then weren't than suspended forty games because right. of it. So Baldelli not happy about that rule, uh, and uh, you know what some, do you think? Some contact there, and we want to know. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you think about that rule? Five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number here on the bullpen. Now, on talk a, about that or any baseball that we've been talking. On a similar note. The NFL is asking referees to focus on illegal contact fouls this year following a big drop last year. Uh, they've list, the NFL has listed illegal contact fouls among its points of clarification for the 22 uh, season. That's according to ESPN's Kevin Seifert. Uh, the penalties enforced when a defender makes contact with the receiver more than five yards down the field before a pass is thrown while the QB is still in the pocket. Five-yard penalty also results in a first down, right? Yeah. Uh, the league wants on-field officials to keep an eye out for the infraction after what they call a big drop last year, as though that's a problem. Maybe they were just doing the right pl- the right thing, and you know that's why they weren't being called. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they weren't happening. I, I, it wasn't I, happening. They threw. I mean, officials threw 36 flags for illegal contact last season, average, after averaging 97 between 2002 Good, and 2020. Because slows down the game. Yes, it does. Thank you. And I, I think I, I've, little, you know, people I've talked to that they they say uh, there are too many flags in football. Yeah. A little chip, I feel like, is what they're going to now call for for illegal contact when they were kind of letting that go. Right. The one thing that they weren't, you know, that I feel like the emphasis should be more on the, uh, what do you call it, the, the split play or something when when two guys are going diagonal of each other makes the, the defenders run into each other. Mm-hmm. What do they call that? A, a, a chop play or a clip play? Ah, I can't remember it. But you're, anyway, you're probably right. that, that feel, I feel like that was more of a problem than illegal contact downfield because, yeah, a lot of a lot of teams are aggressive, but you know they they know they can kind of you know bump a little bit. Right. Is not gonna, if, as long as you're not really taking them out of his route. I feel like and I feel like now that's going to be called more. It's, well, I mean that's uh, sounds like what that you know that's what the NFL wants. Again. Uh, and it's oh, not like it. defenders weren't under close scrutiny last season, especially in the past game. Uh, I mean, we look at these numbers here. Officials called defensive pass interference, interference 301 times last year. 163 flags for defensive holding. Jeez. Right? That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of downtime that fans are sitting there waiting for the game to start going again. Uh, but the new emphasis uh, it could also make things even more difficult for de- defenses if officials further limit downfield contact and create easier first down opportunities. <laughs> The last two times illegal contact was considered a point of emphasis for NFL officials. Flags for the infraction more than doubled from the previous season. Which, if there's any, I mean, if history is any indication, that's what we'll see this season. That's so the NFL. More flags. That's that's what we want. So the NFL to want want more flags. You know what? You you know what? More flags gets the NFL more ad revenue from all those commercials they get to run. Yep. I think the NFL loves more flags. The NFL for that reason alone is all about the money. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how. Mm -hmm. They just want it. Uh, the other point of clarification here heading into this year involves roughing the passer calls. Uh, defenders yeah. should only be flagged for, quote, forcible contact to the helmet or below the knee rather than any minor conduct. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, I think far too many times you've got these situations where guys getting called for roughing the passer, clearly it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. Clearly he wasn't roughing the guy up. You know when somebody's getting roughed up. Look, if they know. want more money, add repl- add, allow them to replay that play. Because if it if it's incidental, you know, even if you run into him, give it five yards 
don't make it 15 and a first down. Sure. You know, if it's incidental contact where he got pushed in, you didn't mean to run into him like that, make that a replayable call. And so then you can go to your stupid revenue commercials, get all the money you want that way. Man, that's going to add another five minutes of commercials. That's three right. spots right there at right. least. Right. So, yeah, you, you got your, I mean, but that's that I think. I think if if you're making the argument that too many flags causes too many too much too many delays in the game, if you're going to go for replays it, replays certainly would go for it. If you if if you're going to make it this blatant that you clearly want more fouls called so you can get more commercials, then just go big, just go all in, just huh? go all in. You might as well. We already can see where they want to go. We can already see it with our own eyes. Yeah. We complain about it every year, so why not just? Put it all out there so we can just start dealing with it. Well, I, I think one thing, you know, if, if they do sort of uh, add a little more clarification on these roughing the passer calls, that could speed up the game in and of itself because when you look at last year, there were 149 roughing the passer calls more than any other game this or more than any other season this century. Wow. Never before has there been a, a season this century with that many flags for roughing the passer. Because it's too easy now. And then now you now they're talking about leaning in with the crown of your helmet, right? Which is also gonna you know get you kicked out. How for, do you know? I mean, at some point you got to understand that the, the laws of physics come into play here. Doesn't, doesn't apply to NFL. They don't uh, care. Logic. I don't. You see that crown of the helmet go towards a player? It's over. Yeah. Game over. They don't care how it happened. I mean, if you're running, if you're you're running full speed, say you're a four four forty man, and you're just trucking down the road or field, as it were. I, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're going to lay into a guy and not intentionally yeah. leave with the helmet. That's just the way it works. Well, and you That's get the way tripped. that inertia has thrown you. Yeah, getting tripped. You got the turf monster go- coming after you. Mm-hmm. Any sort of little the thing. Turf monster. <laughs> Look, and then if they're falling too, you're both going to get hit with the helmet. The defender's going to get called 99.9% of the No, yeah. 100% of the time when it involves the quarterback. Right. Yeah. So QBs are so protected. Damned if you do, so damned protected. if you don't. So just... I don't know. I, they ought to extend this roughing the passer uh, clarification to kickers and punters as well. Yeah. You know, if you're going to block a kick or a punt, let's, let's say a punt, right? Yeah. And you get back there just a split second too late, and you're coming down and you your wrist lands on the punter's foot and he trips a little bit, you're, you're getting called you're for down. that. And then you get right? a broken hand because of it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I, I think that uh, the, the NFL could, could do a lot and, and changing up some of these these calls. Um, it's pace, amazing how much they could change. They, baseball made all kinds of pace of play changes, which, I, you know, I've, I mean, I've, na- I've made no no bones about the fact that I'm very much a, an old-school purist when it comes mm-hmm. to baseball, so I, I can't stand the pitch clock. But I understand why it was in, implemented, you know? It's also completely unnoticeable. It's not. You're right. Because you're going you're to right. commercial anyway. Yeah. The only thing that's really noticeable is is the uh, the pitching changes. Mm-hmm. You can't do as many pitching changes this year, but but at you know I would argue also, you know when it's not involving your team, it's you hate that. Yeah, sure. And it's it completely it draws out the game. And again, I don't care about baseball. You make it five hours, I'll watch the whole damn thing. You but, and me both. But when you're when every batter has a certain pitcher basically assigned to them, it gets kind of old and kind of like all right, we get it. Right. I get its strategy, but at the same time, come on. Stop. But if baseball can implement these these pace of play rules, sure. a, a game that is so so stuck in its old ways, why can't the NFL do something to speed up its games? So stuck. unless it goes back to what we said, it's all about making money with their yep. ad revenue and commercials. Which find a way. It's the NFL. Yep, that's what it's about. Yep. Period. Find a way to make money, and they will listen. Right. So, what do you think about these uh, the, the the 
you know, the possible changes here, focusing on illegal contact fouls and roughing the passer calls. 512-834-1027 is the number here. with the NFL completely? I, I think, I think a lot of people off. are. I, I am. And have been for years. It makes me feel better to talk to you about how frustrating it is. Well, and, and you know, things like the, the, you know, the Deshaun Watson ruling and, and yeah. you know, the way the NFL handles situations like that. I think that further alienates fans. You're never going to drive away fans to where people are no longer watching. It's football, for God's yeah. sake. You know, but I, you, you, it, optics count, right? Yeah. And so if you're not coming down, you, know, you, you claim to be this sort of you know, taking the moral stance on all kinds of things, but you're not coming down on certain guys for certain very egregious infractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that certainly compounds it. And then you've got games that last these crazy, you know, you'll have one play, flag, yep. another commercial break. Come yep. back, one play, flag, another commercial. You know, people want it something better than that product. And the, yeah. I, the NFL could do better. And look, I've, I'm, you can argue I'm living proof of that. This This whole thing about, you know, how they've handled certain issues compared to sexual assault is just so frustrating. It is, I feel like I am kind of pushing myself away from it. Like, I don't really, I'm not really following training camp as much. Right. You know, I, yeah. it's just, it's, it's so frustrating to know how they do things, but also want to be a, a huge fan at the same time because I am a huge fan. I love my team, but I don't want to hear about this anymore. I want them to actually do the right thing mm-hmm. right away. Make a stance. Stick with it. You know, go say when you want a full year suspension. Actually do it and just don't go with, well, we heard it's six weeks, so now we gotta we gotta banter back and forth with the players union. No, make right. a stand. Right. Actually do the right thing for once, which they're never gonna do. Yeah, I, I mean you could certainly make the argument that the unions, whether it's the players in the NFL or MLBPA, yeah. they all have you could argue have way too much power. And I'm pro union. I'm obviously pro union, but in this stance I feel like even the union should kind of back off on that. And but I know they have to. It's Yeah. It's it's their job. Right. So Right. So speaking of Deshaun Watson and yes. the sexual assault, Browns okay. not really having a normal training camp because of this. Although oh, if you ask Browns. head coach Kevin Stefanski, I mean he'll he'll say, Oh no, everything's just fine. It's all copacetic. In fact he says it's normal. Yeah, this is normal guys. He says, quote, this is NFL football as far as I know. But, I mean, you got to wonder how can it feel normal with this lingering Deshaun Watson thing going on and the recent flare-up with running back Kareem Hunt, you know. Uh, but according to Stefanski, I would tell you, quote, respectfully, we really do focus on what we can control. He says, I understand there are things that happen, certainly get attention. That's okay. This is a great game. He says, I know our fans love this game, and they follow every step along the way. So for us, we're really focused on trying to get better. We're not where we need to be. We've got a lot of work to do. That's where typical typical yeah, coach. Yeah, I was going to say that is a great coach right there yeah. because he has to say that. Yeah. You know, behind the scenes, this is just the most nightmarish scenario. But in front of the cameras and you know, in front of the fans, he has to make it look business as usual. And look, maybe this is finally the coach the Browns have finally been looking for forever because he is handling this better than any coach I've ever I could ever see handle this you think situation. So? I think it seems like it, you know, because when you got stuff like this, you know, where they're writing articles saying it's, you know, everything's business as usual. Mm-hmm. And what you, you know, the quote that he just said there, man, it's it's clearly, it clearly seems business as usual to the Browns. I, I yeah, I mean, well, it, uh, certainly. And it's anything but. And of course, I, that's obviously, like, you know, we say, I mean, that's, that's what coaches are going to say. He's not going to yeah. come out and, and really just lay it all on the table for us out here. No, I'm actually really frustrated. I hate this. I don't want him on my team. Get him out of here, but I can't. 
they did the, they did some of this to themselves though yeah, right absolutely. they 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 brought in Deshaun Watson without urging him to settle all his cases to admit the wrongdoing to the league and and you know accept his punishment show actual remorse yeah uh, and so you know you make your bed you got to lie in it and I don't actually believe the coach doesn't want Deshaun Watson there because I'm assuming that he had to be one of the guys to sign off to trade right, for him right. How could he not want Deshaun Watson there? Though? A lot of you know? teams wanted Deshaun Watson, I'll I be mean, honest. really. Uh, they just decided, well, let's go ahead and get through this. Um, but I think Stefanski's probably going to argue that he hopes this this normal yeah. that he, is probably not the new normal. The newest addition to his contract, deflect, deflect, deflect. Right. Just deflect everything. Right. So, so far, so good on in Brown in Cleveland land. Yeah. So uh, so that's that out of, out of Cleveland there. And, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, it's an unfortunate situation uh, with with them for them, but uh, you know, only time. Every year, time. yeah, there's something every year. Every year, indeed. So more on that. Uh, we got some Cowboys early roster projections coming up. Uh, some uh, AP rankings uh, or USA Today top 25 coaches poll, I should say. I want to speak to one person and one person only who is involved in that in those those polls, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven on the bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Hey, that's us. That is us. This is The Bullpen. 1027 ESPN. 512-834-1027 is our number here at The Bullpen. Shout out to our guy, Florida Man Kyle, listening to us right now in wherever land he is. Not in Florida? We appreciate him. You know, he loves to travel. You never know. Uh, who doesn't? I do. Although it's tough to travel do. nowadays with gas prices the way they are. Oh, my God. I'm going up to uh, you know, my annual trip to New England at the end of October, and yeah. I, I am dreading what the gas prices are going to be like when I'm up there. I heard they're not bad. Uh, I, you know, we never know how it's going to change for the holiday season, yeah. but but right now, you know, they're dropping like crazy, which is good. I appreciate it. Right. I feel like we're going to be at least closer to two by September. Well, let's hope it stays that way. Good lord. <laughs> so uh, tired of this. The Cowboys feel a bit of uh, can feel a little. Breathe a little sigh of relief about at least one aspect of having to reduce from a 90 to 53 man roster, and that is, well, they don't have to do it today. Oh, good. That's that's their sigh Thank of relief. Thank God. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Feels so much better now. Uh, and there, you know, there there are <laughs> you could argue there are more than 53 guys that deserve to make the final cut on August 30th. It's always that. You know. Yes. Yeah, it can't be an easy call. You're, you'd be ma- naive if you didn't realize money was a factor majority of the time. Right. But. Um, Still time, though, you know, accumulate info about uh, about who's who and what's what before the toughest moves are going to be made. But inevitably, you'll have injuries, simplifying some of these decisions for the Cowboys, roster game mechanics, things like that. Yeah. So, And that's what I appreciate about preseason, too, is it puts every single guy who plays on tape for another team. Right. And, and you know, if it, if it doesn't work out with the Cowboys... It can work out somewhere else, maybe. Right. You never know. Uh, I was looking at a, an article here in the Dallas Morning News. They did themselves a little uh, kind of rundown of their early projections for uh, depth on defense and offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, look at those wide receivers. <laughs> I know. I know. What is that, Cowboys? Come now, on. I think, you know, when you start at signal caller, I think the, the quarterback's not going to be any surprise. Yeah. You, you know, you're probably going to look like Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, Willie Greer in that order, most likely. Same three QBs that carried the, the, the weight of the, yep. the role last season. 
Uh, and then, Yikes. of course, at, at running back, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle. I really hope Pollard gets more playing time this year. Yeah. He definitely deserves it. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, and then also, you know, keep an eye on undrafted rookie Malik Davis. Uh, he's next Florida running back capable of making a real strong push for roster consideration in the coming weeks. Okay. Uh, and then looking at our, our wide receivers here, CeeDee Lamb, mm-hmm. Noah Brown, mm-hmm. Jalen Tolbert, mm-hmm. James Washington, Dennis Houston, uh, Simi Falco. And Cavante Turpin. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I can say this. Who the hell are these guys? <laughs> Wait, besides James Washington and CeeDee Lamb, like, who? You're doing your best major league impression who? over there? Who that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not your, it's not your father's Cowboys team. That's for sure. Uh, Dallas morning news ranks Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, Sean McKeon, and Peyton Peyton Hendershot at, at, uh, in that order for tight end. I'm assuming Dalton Schultz is going to make some money this next off season. One would hope. Because he's going to get some catches this year. Yeah. For sure. Hope. Uh, and then, you know, kind of a, a laundry list of names that could be part of the O-line and the D-line. Um, la- la- laundry list of names they're throwing out for secondary as well. Not a whole lot of names for a specialty. It looks like just Brian Anger and... Uh, yeah, no, that's only the really only name I recognize. There no long snapper though. Uh, that's weird. Jake McQuaid will take the field for the Cowboys in Week One, uh, but he's off initially as a, as a short-term leash. He'd, he'd be re-signed after the Cowboys place um, Washington. That's so random. On, yeah. So I, it's obviously this. It's, I mean, it's training camp. We don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. But that's the Dallas Morning News prediction. Some of the bigger. The bigger roles there. I wonder what our listeners think about the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Well, we, we certainly have some Cowboys. Do those fans names out there. make you think a 10 win season, 10 plus win season is on the horizon and playoff bound? I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think the Cowboys could at least 10, 10 sounds fair. But if they knock on the door at eight or nine, I wouldn't be surprised. That's a big if. You know? And you're asking a lot of these guys to stay healthy. Well, of course. You know, head coach Mike McCarthy, he's he's not short of any opinions on here. And when asked, words. What, when asked what he wants to accomplish before joint practice with Denver coming up, he had this to say. Well, today and tomorrow will look similar to last week. You know, the, today's install seven, tomorrow's install eight. So these will be the goals I have competitive, highly competitive practices. A lot of situations, you'll see a lot of last eight situations today, a two-minute drill, the mojo moment to be, you know, some things going on there. Just want to have two really competitive install practices. We want to build off of what we got done on Thursday and Saturday. I really like the quality of work. Teaching tape for Saturday was, was phenomenal. Just, you know, our uh, our mojo moment, just to all the different situations that occurred and the game management situations that were in, in that sequence were, were awesome. So, and I think just like anything, you know, and I told the team, I said, there's always a point in camp where you feel like you take a big step towards, hey, this is, this is starting to be Starting to you know, be how it looks, you know, in a consistent basis. You know, we've had good plays, we had good sequence of plays, but you know, the, the, to see the back and forth and the competition and responded to each situation, I, I thought the Saturday work was really good. And uh, just like anything, you know, coming off a day off, you want to you want to get out there and crank it up. We're gonna have a great crowd today. You know, obviously with the military and the first respondents and public safety will be here, so we'll honor them today. And and you know, I'm looking forward to a heck of a practice. Thank right, you, so Mike. I'm just going to come out and say, Mike McCarthy, if, if you had to ask uh, like a, a scientist, uh, an engineer, to go ahead and give me a rundown of what they thought about uh, training camp, it probably would make just as much sense as what McCarthy, McCarthy uses a lot of word salad, I think is a, is a good way to use to describe 100% a word salad. And I feel like he does that on purpose because he doesn't know what he's talking about. So he has to just keep kind of 
what do you call it in uh, uh, in in politics where you you keep talking Speaking. until you keep talking until Opening the time mouth. runs out so nobody can filibuster a filibuster. I feel like he filibusters every single press conference he does. Well, you could certainly argue that he's like a, a politician. All I heard was then. install, install, prefer. Uh, um, um, uh, actually, I delete all those uhs for you guys. So be thank. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a lot longer cut. So <laughs> from uh, from the NFL to the college gridiron, uh, Pro Football Focus has uh, ranked. Texas 2022 schedule is one of the toughest in the nation. Okay. UT Longhorns have one of the toughest in the nation. 12th most difficult, according to Pro Football Focus. That just means when they have a better record this year than last year, you're going to know that this team is for real. It's legit. Uh, They rank at the number one, the toughest schedule in the Big 12. Damn. Uh, and you know that helps when you have Alabama number two on your list or on your uh, schedule, right? Yeah, and that's going to be a tough game. I can't early. Wait. I can't week wait two in the season. Yeah, that's I mean, going to be a drunken mess. L UT takes the L. Let's let's. Just, I would I would let's assume be honest so. Right now, with a team of so much unknown, yeah, you're not going to learn much. Game one, game two, you probably won't learn a whole lot either. But hey, if you win, you're going to learn a lot. If and if it makes anybody feel any or better, keep it close. There's almost no school in the country. That will play Alabama and not take the L. Well, look, let, right? me, let me set up. Let me let me do a quick setup here for you. Steve Sarkeesian's first year at UW was 2008, 2009. Either way, the year before they did not win a game at all. They went 0 12 the year before when he before he showed up. They played LSU, the number one team in the land. Game two, same scenario, and my little old UW team. Took them to the fourth quarter and almost beat them. So, look, Sark can get these guys up and get them going. These are his players yeah. now. They follow his lead. Look, this is not out of the realm of possibilities to win this game. But, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say a lot, speak very highly, you know, just fans speak very highly of Coach Sark. He, he is a people pleaser. In he, fact, Loves the fans. He does. Yeah. He does. And and I think he speaks to them in a way that really resonates with them. And I've heard some people say, a couple people, say that you know they, they haven't been this excited about uh, a head coach since Mac Brown. I agree. It, look, he's a big name. It's a This is a big-time get. Look, last year was one thing. This year, if, it, if it's the same way, then you can say something's up. Yeah. But yeah. I, do, I just do not see... What happened last year happening again? I don't either. Are you growing pains and yeah. stuff like that? And, and again, not his players, right? They didn't. They didn't all sell out to him like all it all like who he's got now, right? So, uh, oh, and by the way, fans have already set a season ticket record less than a month away from opening kickoff. Book up. That's. I mean, that that's. Let's go. That's that's you right they are there, ready. Longhorn. Everybody's fan. ready. Now, there's an interesting name. A bit of an interesting development in this this. Uh, Preseason USA Today top twenty-five coaches poll. Yes, and you actually brought this to my attention. Today. Yes, uh, it should come as no surprise that Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame round out the top five, respectively, in that mm-hmm. order. University of Texas is a lot farther; they're in the top twenty-five, down at eighteen. <laughs> but somebody I, thinks real highly of this team. I just want to know, and look, I even put it on my little sheet here because <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do when you get a number one. Ranking or somebody puts you thinks you're the number one team in the land that gets put out there and somebody put Texas at number one on their list and these lists aren't public so we're never gonna find out who did that but I just want to speak to them and have a conversation with them I'm wondering what they're thinking number one I, I they think put a number well they got one vote for the top pick for the number one in the in the poll 
Listen, if you're if you're these are coaches. If you're calling UT number one this year, you're that's toxic optimism, is what that is. Bunkers is what I, that is. Absolutely, I mean, just absolutely absurd. Eighteen seems a bit high, honestly. And and look, I wouldn't I'm, put I'm them in the top four. twenty-five yet. They haven't think they've earned it. I don't think they've earned it either. But you know, the names alone can get you up there. A and M seventh. On that list, I OU agree. ninth, Baylor tenth, Oklahoma State eleventh. I don't agree with number twelve. Uh, well, because you don't like Oregon. I just don't think they're that good. <laughs> I don't think they're a top twenty-five team. But no, well, that's just me. I don't know. I could see Oregon at the top. I'm a lot really, of I don't, I don't think they're twelve by a lot any of changes. Means. Yeah, and they uh, had a very traumatic thing happen recently with their uh, one of their tight ends uh, tragically passing away. That's right. That's so. right. It sucks the wind out of the uh, uniform. And I'm not saying I'm not correlating make. that at all with anything, but you know those are hard things to go through. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, looking elsewhere, Texas 18, uh, and then a little farther Houston outside 25. of the Big 12, but Houston's uh, University of Houston ranked 25. We're going Texas. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know a lot of a lot of Texas schools are on this list, and I think a lot of people would are, are pretty okay with that. Look, but again, the hype is real, man. The hype is real. And I think the Longhorns deserve a lot of this hype they're getting. Uh, I I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with this team. Are Mm -hmm. they going to win a national championship? Absolutely not. Are they going to lose week two against Alabama? Absolutely they will. That's just going to happen. But Now, if they win, what an amazing surprise that'll be for mm -hmm, us, right? mm -hmm. Won't happen. Just just be able to talk about it. But I, I, I mean, anything could happen. These guys, this is a talented bunch. He can, Sark can get them up. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm being cautiously optimistic by saying seven, eight wins. But let me tell you, there, there's always a chance. You just never know. This is a, these, if these guys play up to how they're supposed to play, even in year one or year two, yeah. they could make it to the playoffs. They really could. Well, certainly, they could win the Big 12. They got a lot to build on at that they school. This is, a, this is an exciting time. The uh, hype is real, man. The hype is real. Uh, maybe I'm buying it. I'm getting that Boca feeling. Eight Damn and four, it. nine and three. Maybe. Maybe. I still say 7-8 is, is is realistic. Anything beyond that is overachieving, but it's possible. Over, nothing wrong with overachieving, nothing my friend. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's going to do it for us today here on The Bullpen. I'm Patrick Osborne. He's Brandon Elkins. We appreciate you joining us every afternoon, Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. Stick around later on this afternoon. Ed and Beto will join you as well with their dulcet tones. And then tomorrow... Make sure you join back in for Jason and CJ once again on the Almost Sports Show. And then we'll be back. And we will be back once again tomorrow, same time, same channel. We'll see you then.